1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Good morning. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at UMMC. And today we are talking about National Nutrition Month, which is March of every year. And so we want you to join in our conversation today because I know that there are lots of nutrition questions out there because I get them almost daily through uh, social media and email. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can drop me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. My guest today is Olivia McKay and she is a registered dietitian and I could not think of a better person to help me kick off uh, National Nutrition Month because we, we think the same <laughs> and uh, that is things that are grounded in evidence and science and helping folks uh, weed through all that info that's out there about nutrition. So good morning, Olivia. Good morning. And happy National Nutrition Month. Thank you. And it's, it's going to be National Dietitian, dietitian Day, Day on Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Wednesday so happy day a couple of days early on that Um, tell us tell our listeners what a registered dietitian does okay well we start by getting a four-year degree from a higher education institution and then we go through they have a couple of different options I went through an internship was just about a year of training on hands-on in a hospital and other clinical settings and then we have to take a big bad big old test. certification yes. right, to become registered. And once we're registered, we're able to work in the field and provide nutrition information and education across the board. We work in hospital settings with the clinicians there. We provide a good support to the team healing nutrition's vital with healing. Absolutely. So we provide that. But we work in many different settings. In um, long-term care and nursing home type settings, um, school food work sometimes. Um, I, I do consulting with counseling with people, mostly one-on-one. So we have lots of different roles. Lots of different roles out there, and such a crucial role in the healthcare team. I think dietitians uh, are often one of the the unsung heroes uh, of the medical team because you guys really can provide invaluable information that can help us with our patients. Just like you mentioned, nutrition is so important to healing. So, you know, in a hospital setting, if we've got someone who's got a a wound that's hard to heal we've got to get the nutrition on board or that wound is not, it won't heal. It's not going to heal. And it really takes a dietitian who is able to look at the entire person and get that, get the right mix of nutrients going on for that individual. And then things just like diabetes and high blood pressure and high cholesterol. They're Yeah. All founded with nutrition. Nutrition. If you make nutritional changes, you can completely change the course of your life Mm -hmm. with those, especially those conditions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think sometimes people go, Oh, they just tell you about fruits and vegetables right you know that's what i hear like they just tell you about fruits and vegetables well fruits and vegetables are part of it right but it is a bigger a bigger Issue and a bigger specialty that you guys have, um, other than just you need to eat more fruits and vegetables, and that that could be a motto. Though, no no cookies, you know, (laughs) because we were talking. No, no, we were talking beforehand that you can you can have a cookie, absolutely. You know, if you if you want a cookie, that would be a sad day if somebody told me I could never have a cookie or a brownie. I might cry. I I would just not listen to them, (laughs) you know. And that's what I tell folks is nothing is technically off limits, you know, because when I tell somebody they can't have something. That is immediately it's what you think about all, all you the time. think about. You know, for me, it would be a cupcake and there would just be, everybody would look like a cupcake. I would just, <laughs> you would be a cupcake sitting here staring at me going, you can't eat me, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, now there is another term out there called a, a nutritionist, right? What is the difference in a nutritionist and a dietitian or is there a difference? Yes, there there is a big difference. Um Pretty much anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. There's no criteria for it in the state. We're required; dietitians are required to be licensed within the state that proves that we've gone through all the training and so forth. Uh, versus nutritionists don't, so they are not founded in education and science the same way dietitians are. Um, they're also not legally allowed to give personal information or personal guidance with right. nutrition other than just the standard, what you just said. Dietitians usually say, eat more fruits Fruits and vegetables, vegetables, no cookies. They can absolutely tell anybody that, but they are not allowed to give specified, specific um, nutrition information. Right. You know, I mean, they, you know, anybody can go on social media and post what they do for their healthy eating right um but you can't take it that step further and say this is what i do and this is what you should do. also what you as an individual should do now we can make you know broad sweeping statements as we should eat more fruits and vegetables we should eat less packaged products that kind of stuff right. but when we get down into okay you need to eat this many servings of this a day for your medical condition that has come from a registered dietitian right and i've i've been called in to come behind some nutritionists that have given bad information and sent people to hospitals Mm -hmm. so the facilities have asked me to come in and and get get it going on the right foot because these people were admitted to hospitals because of bad nutrition information from non dietitians right and you know that's not saying that all folks who are nutritionists are bad um but when you're really work wanna work on cleaning up your diet or treating a specific disorder related to nutrition, you gotta go to the expert right, and the expert is the registered dietitian, and that's why. I just think y'all are the best, you nice. know, the, you know, one of my, y'all on speed dial for me, because I'm <laughs> always having questions that I want to talk directly to the experts on. And so if you guys listening, want to talk to the experts, she is sitting here, guys. Mm-hmm. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So let's talk about National Nutrition Month and why it needs a whole month because there there is not enough time in a month to talk nutrition and um, people come in and ask all these questions and they want to learn everything and i'm like it took me four years to get a degree right i cannot share with you everything I learned. everything in, 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 one, in one hour right right i feel the same way you know i see patients uh in the lifestyle medicine clinic and so i've got 40 minutes to address mm-hmm. all of all of the lifestyle issues that not may just be nutrition not, not just nutrition others. and so uh you know i can't tell you everything that you need to know in in 40 minutes so you know it's I'm grateful that we've got a whole month to be able to kind of drive home some of these topics with that and it you know sometimes I feel like people think we're judging them if their diet is not where it needs to be but I'm not judging you. No, no. I like, kn- I know how hard it is to make oh my changes. Gosh, from yes, personal experience and working with a lot of people. It's it's hard to make changes. So no judgment. This is a judgment free zone. It is a judgment free yeah. zone. Hard to yeah. You know, we, we were we were talking before the show, and you know we had a party at my house this weekend, and there were cupcakes, and I ate two cupcakes. Yeah. Yay! And I am not. Not sorry, because they were delicious. <laughs> but you know, I don't eat two cupcakes every day, right? And the reason for that is I just don't have cupcakes in my house all the time because I would. Because right. it, it Me too. you know, behavior uh, change is very, very hard, and so any step that we can help folks make in the right direction is, or a better choice is what we want to do. So the theme for this month's um, National Nutrition Month is "Go Further with Food." What the heck does that mean? That means fuel your body right so you can, it can take you further and do all the things that you want to do with it. Right. So, really treating food as fuel because that's what it is. Correct. And so, it, the quality of the fuel that we put in our bodies makes a difference, right? Yes. It does. So, talk to me about um, healthy fuel versus empty calories what's the difference in those types of things well the healthy fuel is going to give you not only the calories that your body needs your body needs calories it that's what it uses it it has to run on it right but it has other things in it too it's got vitamins and minerals and fiber and some of those other good phytochemicals and other nutrients that are good for your body so those are what the good fuels have the empty calorie foods usually just have calories, Just calories, and usually a lot of them yeah. in, in small little doses. So you're not getting all the other benefits of the, the nutrients, the other nutrients your body needs. Right. It'll keep you... Alive, right? It'll it'll give you a little gas. It'll give you a little gas. It'll get to go. But the ride might be a little bumpy. It might be a little bumpy. You you might
0: hit a lot of potholes. You're going to hit a lot of potholes.
2: It's not gonna. Your body is not going to run as efficiently as as it should when we give our body everything that it needs. And so that's really what this month is talking about: is going further with food and learning how to balance out those food groups so that you get the maximum benefit. From the meals, not necessarily saying you can't have this, you can't have this. Don't eat this food group, which drives me bananas when folks try to just, <laughs> eliminate you, the whole food You rates. can't have any carbohydrates. You know, I would die if I couldn't. That I would be a miserable existence. Be. I am a carb fan, but you I, would feel. I, you, you would not pray. only feel bad too i mean and it's not it, just a mental thing it would be a physical what's well, gonna you're going to be sluggish because you're right. using an alternate form of fuel to do that kind of thing but you know a little bit of carbohydrate just like a little bit of fat the right amount of protein that's what your body is is looking for so it's not saying that those types of eating patterns can't work but it's incredibly restrictive to me when someone says i just i'm not going to eat an entire food group And they don't last. When you make such big changes to your diet and your lifestyle like that, eliminating food groups that you were a predominant source of of food in your eating, it's just really too hard to maintain that long term. And that's where the problem, that's where the yo-yo problem is. Yes. So talk to me about the yo-yo problem. What? It's not just that you can't. Use a yo-yo because I cannot use a yo-yo. I am a terrible. <laughs> I am a terrible yo-yo player. Is, uh, I'm a, Is that a thing? I'm a, a yo-yoer. A I, well, if it is, then I would be one of those. But what are we talking about when we're talking about yo-yo dieting? Yo-yo dieting is going back and forth with with what you're doing. You're you're looking for making changes, but you're making too big of changes that you can't maintain long term. So you may see some desired results, whatever your results may be. But as soon as you flip back into how you were eating before. So the results are going to be gone. And oftentimes you're left in worse position at that point. More times than not, I would say you wind up at least gaining back what you lost, if not – a little bit more on top of that and we can talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break and what what happens when you go on really restrictive diets and why you tend to, to rebound in the opposite direction our number is 1-877-MPB-RING it's 1-877-672-7464 or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and joining me in the studio today is registered dietitian Olivia McKay, and we are celebrating National Nutrition Month, and we want you guys to celebrate with us, so give us a call at one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 you can always send me an email at Fit at mpbonline.org. And before we went on the break, we were talking about the fact that the theme for National Nutrition Month is Go Further with Food. And that is really trying to drive home the fact that the food we put in our bodies is the fuel that runs us. And so we need to give ourselves high-quality fuel instead of empty calories. And we have a call
0: from Sue in Beaumont this morning. Hello, Sue. Hello. I'd like to ask a question about historical diets. Okay. Talk about restricted diets, I've often wondered, I've never gotten a satisfactory answer about how do the Eskimos survive before the onslaught of white men because they, talk about food pyramids, they had no starches, no potatoes, no rice, no bread, no fruits, no vegetables, no citrus to get vitamin C, so only it was raw blubber because they had no way to make a fire, so how in the the world did they survive without the things that we consider essential?
2: Well, that's I'd, a good one. Zoo. That is a good one. I would have to look a little more into an Eskimo's diet to see what else they ate other than um, the blood, fish right. and the
0: fat, yeah, right? Fat. The,
2: the fish. Well, we do know that that they're one of the reasons why we found the great benefits of omega threes right. is that they're um, studying some of the Eskimo population, and then we found that some of that also acts as a blood thinner it's because yeah. they ate so much of and those decreases cold inflammation water, as well. Cold water fish, yeah, and you can live. On a high-fat diet, a primarily high-fat diet. So, you know, carbohydrates are the most efficient fuel source. What about um, vitamin C, though? So, vitamin C is an important nutrient as well. Olivia, is there what sources are out there of vitamin C? Well, most of the ones that we get are going to be the fresh and fruits and vegetables. But I'm wondering um, if they were doing some gathering somewhere on land I, I just a would have to look into it to see yeah. dig a little more bit more What and they might not have gotten much and they might have lost their teeth and so forth right. as right. a Had result of it I, I'm just, that what that's scurvy a vitamin C mm-hmm. deficiency so I, I'm just not familiar enough with their diet I know but now to, I want to know, I know. more <laughs> so know <laughs> what I'm doing later today I know I know now I have a date with an Eskimo um, <laughs> uh, meal plan so I can figure out what exactly is going on because that is an excellent question and thank you so much for for, for calling in and making us uh, super think this morning, even though I haven't even had all my coffee. <laughs> Thank you, lady. <ladies>. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. Um, that is, you know, interesting. And when we talk about eliminating groups and going on restrictive diets. You, I mean, you can survive on those types of diets, but things... Your, your body is pretty special. Right. It will take what you give it, it and do it the needs. best right. it can with right. it. Right. So, you know, when we talk about super high-fat diets, one that is kind of out there now that everybody... The buzzword that I see pop up on my time feed on Facebook all the time is keto. Keto. The keto diet. What the heck is the keto diet? The keto diet is a extremely low carbohydrate, very high fat diet. And we use it medically to treat um, seizures in young children. It helps control that. Um, It does have some long term potentially health related undesirable Bad. effects right. right um so and it really should be if you need to go on it it should be medically monitored of mm-hmm. uh, clinicians oh, yes. should be monitoring your labs and so forth because it, it can be pretty hard on your body you know i was a pediatric nurse for many years and we used the, the ketogenic diet for these children that you're talking about with mm-hmm. with very difficult to treat seizure disorders and their meal tray was not um, no, it's, it's it not was not really appetizing. Fun. It was some butter and you know some mm-hmm. other things that were were very very high in fat. So you know it's not um, just a plate full of bacon, uh, as what I see a lot of folks uh, going. Oh, this is keto, you know, because it's just just fat and and protein on board there. But what there's is, a lot of m- misinformation yes. about carbohydrates yes. out there right now, and uh, what I tell people that I work with, I work in a lot of weight management type. Settings and carbs are not the bad guys, but we sure have made them the bad yes. guys because of how we eat them. We eat way, way too, too many carbs, right? much. So it's not that they're the bad guy; they're one of our primary fuel sources. That's what we burn a lot of, but the amount that we eat and the and the types that we the choose quality of it are are just not the good sources. And so that's what's made, um, especially with weight, this problem with weight. So it's not that carbs are bad. There's too many carbs and poor carbs are bad. uh, Too bad of... Too much of anything, right. is going to be bad. Right, or you, you can eat too many and, uh, strawberries. I guess, and, and probably, probably give you of ulcers <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. So it's we've made them the bad guy. They're they're not bad. Right. So eliminating them is not going to be a. Desi- it's going to be way too different from what you're used to eating, and it's not going to. You're not going to be able to maintain that long term anyway. Yeah. But but you're eliminating a. Good fuel source. And there's a handful of folks out there who will be able to do some, you know, a, a restrictive diet long term. And keep it. Right. And keep it up. And if that's working for you, OK. But the vast majority of folks are not going to be able to to at least sustain that for a, a lifetime. You know, that's what I always ask folks. Are you going to do that for the rest? Am I going to see you in three years? And you're saying, your you know, life- oh, hey, maybe I'm still doing that. That's right. That's you what know. I want. And and if you are, kudos to you that you were able to make a change and stick with it. Yes, but I know I could not say I would never have this for forever. I would never have this food group forever. Right. And I, you know, I get a kick out of uh, reading comments on uh, Facebook underneath some of these posts that go on. Uh-huh. There was a recipe floating out there the other day, and it was it was for a keto um, Reese's peanut butter cup, and it was basically just coconut. Oil with with some peanut butter powder in it, which oh my goodness, that's just eating some fat. But everybody was going wild over it, and that's fine. It may be delicious. So I haven't tried it, but one one poster said, "I'm I can't wait to get a bottle of wine and try these." And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if negates you it. drink the wine, then you're no longer in ketosis. Now, I mean, I'm not a dietitian, but yeah, I'm pretty you're sure getting that enough carbs in that. I'm wine. pretty sure that doesn't not, take much yeah. to keep you out of ketosis. Keep you out of ketosis. And what exactly is ketosis? What are what are we trying to achieve? With, well, ketosis, with ketosis is a state where your your body is just using fat as fuel. But again, there are lots of negative health effects as a result of that and it really should only be done in certain medical right Mm -hmm. in certain situations and absolutely under medical supervision and just like you said it doesn't take a whole lot of carb to kick you out of Ketosis. ketosis so, you know, if you had that you know a couple glasses of wine with that you're done. You're done. You're not in ketosis anymore. So you could have just had a regular peanut butter cup and been been okay. Um, so if you guys have a question out there about nutrition, um, or any of these fad diets that are going around, or one of the things that I really want to talk about, which is breakfast, we want to hear from you today. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And you can always email me at at mpbonline.org so breakfast has historically been called the most important meal of the day is that true probably i don't know that i would say the most important but it is really very way important up there. yes it's it's It is crucial to kick your body kind of out of that fasting state, and it sets up your whole day. It does. It does. When you skip breakfast, I just find myself constantly looking for something, and it's this fuel that I've missed out on, and I feel like I can never really catch up the rest of the day. What I feel like, so this is my my analogy for it. So my car is chronically out of gas. I mean, it's just (laughs) – I don't know how it happens, but it – I swear I fill it up and then I look at it and there's no gas in it. I don't know if I have a hole or what's happening, but there's just no, there's no gas in my car always. And it's never, I never catch it when the light has just come on. Mm -hmm. You know, I see it and I'm like, hmm, wonder how long that sucker's been on there, you know? (laughs) And so I'm driving around and in my head, I feel like my car is sluggish. Like it's, it's getting more sluggish. I don't really think it is, but in my head it is. And, you know, I'm praying until I get to the gas station. I'm like, oh, please let me make it there. And that's what I feel like in the mornings when I haven't had breakfast that my body is doing. It's just mm-hmm. sluggish and it's it's limping through the day trying to get to lunchtime. Right. You know, to me, most folks that I see that skip breakfast, they also don't have a mid morning snack. They just kind of plow through they, till lunchtime. Well, after a while, your body naturally suppresses your appetite as a survival instinct. Right. And so that's why a lot of folks say, well, I'm just not hungry in the morning. I don't want to eat breakfast. And I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be the Grand Slam breakfast. (laughs) It doesn't have to be toast and grits and hash browns and bacon and sausage and country ham and some gravy on the side. That's a great time if you're not that hungry to make it healthful. Yeah, because those are easier to make good decisions when you're not as hungry. Right. And so, you know, my breakfast usually... Is something like a Greek yogurt with a little bit of oatmeal stirred into it. Like I don't even cook the oatmeal; I just throw some oats in my Greek yogurt, stir it in, and then grab a piece of fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, this morning it was a mandarin orange because that's what I had laying around, and that gave me just enough—you know—lean protein, some whole grain, some fruit to get me me going for the day and get me to yeah. Doesn't have to to be fancy. mm -mm. No, we we make it very difficult. And you know what I see a lot happen is folks try and come up they get these meal plans right? and they're they're elaborate meals (laughs) are each you know it's day one has strawberries day two has oranges day three has bananas sounds expensive it is expensive and all that food goes to waste and people get frustrated thinking that a healthy diet has to cost a super amount of money and is high in food wastes all right so I will get off my soapbox with that for a second (laughs) because we've got a couple callers on uh, the line good morning George good morning how are you
3: I'm well, thank you. I am the caregiver for my queen, my bride of 54 years, who at 78 years old has Alzheimer's, dementia. The challenge of my life is to get food into her. I do smoothies in the morning, and she loves those, and I don't have to add any sugar. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, to get anything into her is more than a challenge. That's the first question and the second question is do I need a consult to get her in the presence of a nutrition or uh, a professional
2: you Hello? don't necessarily need a consult to get into a dietitian if you can find one and um, there it depends on where they're locating set located so uh, I do some private counseling, and I do not require a physician's referral mm-hmm. of any sort. But okay. if they're in the hospital, if the dietitian that maybe would be more accessible to you in Columbus would be in a hospital, you may need one at that point, and just a uh-huh. general provider can give you that information.
0: Okay.
2: And the website, right, for the Mississippi Association of Um Dietitians is eatrightms.org, I believe. Right, and you should be able to put in your address there, and it can give you some professionals in the area yes. um, that might be able to at least point you in the right direction of someone who would not require uh, a referral for that. Right, but any, I bet you could get a physician on a phone, oh, the phone, yeah. and they'd give you a referral if they want, if yeah. if you want. That Absolutely, probably would be pretty easy.
3: Now, as far as I'm concerned, she could eat anything she wanted. Mm-hmm.
2: You got, but I you can't got get it her
3: to eat anything
2: i would I would get her to eat any anything she wants at this point is what she'll eat um she may be more interested in eating soft foods um if there's some things that uh, there's nothing off the table at right. this point if she's not eating and um how is her weight is it um normal it, is it, it dipped or
3: it's sliding down
2: okay so i I would just offer her anything, anything if you know if if she's want. liking that smoothie yeah. i mean there's no reason she can't have that. A couple of times a day, Correct. Uh, you know if she'll a couple
3: drink of it times wouldn't okay she I do a smoothie, usually kale or spinach base mm-hmm. uh, with multiple fruit mm-hmm. or uh, and she like she loves that, and I can do that more than once a day,
2: sure, you could also try some kind of supplement drink like an insure, yeah would that you might do those? be. A good that they're better cold, so keep them really cold, and mm-hmm. it, it'll taste a little bit like a milkshake. For her, and that gives her lots of nutrition with just I sipping often that use drink.
3: The Ensure instead of milk, mm-hmm. it, great, yep.
2: excellent. And I would say, you know, if you're going to do, you know, more than one smoothie a day, let's make sure we add some kind of protein into that smoothie so it's not just fruits and veggies. You know, so if she'll do a dairy, then you know, a yogurt m- blended in with that, or adding some, some peanut butter to right, it, milk, something oh. like that, that will increase the the calorie that you're getting in her and increase okay. the, the protein, which is going to be, you know, help maintain her muscle mass and give her, you know, some added, um, added calories in there. And just okay. making, you can do it different every time. So it yeah. tastes a little different. So she doesn't get, doesn't get bored of it. Bored with the same flavors. And um, yes. is she taking a multivitamin?
3: Yes, she is. Okay.
2: okay. Sometimes that helps with appetite. Mm-hmm. So that keep doing that. And then have you discussed with her, the physician that's caring for her Alzheimer, if she needs an appetite stimulant, that type of thing, because there are some medications out there that can help with that. As that's well on
3: the list for discussion at the meeting that we're going to have April 5th
2: great fantastic because that that's something that we see sometimes. That can really to, make a, a big difference has to be added in, in to kind of help with that so I hope okay. those help you out a little bit George and um, if you have trouble finding a dietitian please email me at fit at mpbonline.org because we'll I know lots yeah. and I will try and find somebody for you who will work with you guys so that you can continue to take care of your queen. Thank you very much. I love that. I'm gonna to have to get my husband to start calling me that. I don't know if he's gonna go for it, but I'm gonna give it a whirl. So, thank you very much. You're welcome. You have a great rest of your Monday, and thank you for taking such good care of your wife. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and if you wanna um, get on the line with us, we do have some open ones. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and we'll be back after the break. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and joining me in the studio today is registered dietitian Olivia McKay. And we're celebrating National Nutrition Month and really just trying to drive home that the food that we put in our bodies it's is what's running those bodies. And so we need to use the, the best quality stuff we can to keep going for as long as we can. And we were talking, um, before the break, we had a lovely caller who was asking about different ways to get his ailing wife to to eat and one of the the methods that we were talking about was smoothies and we were talking about the way to balance those out and I love a smoothie I really really do and I want to talk about my favorite smoothie recipe in just a minute but I do want to get to our
0: caller in Mobile good morning Mikey oh good morning yes that we should all be so lucky as to have a <laughs> king to take care of his I family. know, I love care it. Of his queen. I mean, that is. That has made what,
2: my Monday thinking about that sweet man calling his wife a queen.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Um, and uh, to expand on the, the dairy sort of thing, you know, yogurt, frozen mm-hmm. yogurt condensed milk evaporated milk cream cheese cottage cheese all that can be thrown in right it yeah. can absolutely it can get those calories i wish i needed that <laughs> <laughs> no. i the know other, other caller that was talking about i am so fascinated by this question uh, I, the I, eskimo question that. yeah that me one. too yeah. and uh, i can't wait to, to hear what y'all find out. i know <laughs> i'm wondering if Seaweed might have some play. Oh, that yeah! Be- I bet. Yeah.
2: yeah, it does have I mean, some vitamin yeah. C in there. That's that was a good thought. Yeah.
0: Yes. Anyway, but my my question today is um, also now this would work for the smoothies too. Mm-hmm. Um, peanut powder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. The truth is, I found a deal on it. So it.
2: <laughs> do you now have an industrial-sized jar of peanut powder? No, I've got a bunch
0: of small packets. Oh. It's a good buy because it's very tasty. It is. It's portable, mm-hmm. and particularly since I live in a hurricane-prone area. Uh, shelf-stable. a good thing to have on hand. Can you give me, is it good, bad? Am I making it up?
2: Tell me doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a great product actually because it's it's just ground up dehydrated peanuts. So it right. actually they it pulls a lot of the calories out and a lot of the fat out yeah. of that. <laughs> but you still get the protein, right? right? And I tell you one thing, I have some of the chocolate peanut butter powder mm-hmm. because the chocolate spreads are like, they're yeah, they're not really good for you. They don't yet, have yeah. good stuff in them. Ooh. So the chocolate peanut butter powder is chocolate flavored. It doesn't it just doesn't have all the bad it has stuff that the, the good cocoa has, added, to right, it, right? Right. And
0: your own chocolate maybe, huh? Right.
2: And my son, Emma, he is a little small. We have to encourage him to eat. I he does not get that from me, but <laughs> I I get the chocolate peanut butter powder and I actually mix it with oil to get the oil back mm-hmm. in there Into for it. him. So for me, I would just mix it with, as they say. With with water. water. But for him, yeah. I actually mix it with the oil to get mm-hmm. the calories back in there for him. But he, it, I feel like it's a better version of a chocolate peanut butter Y'all protein spread.
0: for me. Thank
2: you so much. <laughs> well, we're glad. <laughs> and, and thank you so much for giving us a call, Mikey. Um, I love the peanut butter powder, and I actually stir it into um, the smoothies. Mm-hmm. Um, it works you very have, well. You can add it to yogurt? You yes. Can, I mean, you just add it to There is a fantastic fruit dip that you can do with um, non-flat Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm protein powder mm-hmm. and a little bit of honey you squirt mm-hmm. that in there stir that sucker up and it is great for dipping something, your yeah. your fruits in and you know is that how we need to eat our fruit all the time probably not probably not but if i can get a kiddo to try some fruit because to i let not them turn their nose right at it because i let them dip it in something that really when you look at it i mean it's it's lean protein healthy fat i'm okay with that you know if i can that's, get my kids to do that. that i Got my children to eat salads a similar way they could actually i had the separate the dressing separate uh-huh. and they could dip each leaf of the lettuce in there yeah. and so that was like at age two or three they mm-hmm. would do that so now they're more middle are six and eight now mm-hmm. they'll eat a traditional salad, salad and we we have less dressing on it now but it was a good way to introduce them to it right yeah i see the same thing with folk with parents that are struggling to get their tr- kids to try vegetables and you know, I say like, sprinkle a little cheese on the top of mm-hmm. it. You know, now don't drown it in a cheese sauce. Right. But if you can sprinkle some cheese on top of it and get them to eat that broccoli, at the end of the day, that's a win it's for still, me, man. you know, over a French fry. You know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's all about balance and picking the right kinds of foods to balance out your plate. And that's when we're talking about not eliminating these food groups, that you can make a food group fit on your plate you just got to do it in the right proportion because the way our plates traditionally look is half a plate of carbs carb or more or more depending on if we're having pasta Mm -hmm. pasta and bread Uh, and then the other half some form of red meat is usually (laughs) what a lot of our plates look like and so that's got a whole lot of fat that we don't need on board there. Red meat's of course, going to be where of our fattier, more saturated fat in right. it for us. Um, and we're missing out on all the yummy, yummy vegetables. So it doesn't mean we can't have those carbohydrates. Because, no, please ooh, do. Please do. Please do. Um, but we just got to have a smaller amount. So, you know, pasta is one of my kryptonites. You know, mm-hmm. I do love a good plate of pasta. But I've realized over time that if I enjoy that said plate of pasta, the whole plate with the bread, on a routine basis, I'm I'm not going to be bathing suit ready. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm going to be a little jiggly. So, you know, I've learned that I've got to make at least half of my plate be some kind of vegetable if I want to have pasta which normally looks like a salad for me uh, with a small amount of dressing and then a smaller amount of pasta with you know some kind of lean protein on the side of that and i still get to enjoy it i've had to shift my thinking a little bit with regards to pasta oh, i tell you, i'm a pasta lover yes, i went to italy so when i was 18 oh my goodness yeah, so love it but instead of having spaghetti for dinner mm-hmm. i'm having spaghetti as part of my dinner
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so i um, what you were talking about with the plate, one of the easiest ways to fix a healthy plate is a quarter of your plate needs to be a healthy carbohydrate source, a quarter of it needs to be protein, and about half of the plate needs to be non-starchy vegetables. So, sure, have that pasta. It just needs to take up about a quarter of a plate, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And then if you have some kind of meat in the sauce, then that will take care of that quarter of the plate, and then the other half of the plate needs to be full of veggies. And that's where we're going to do a lot of chewing, and that's going to give us a lot of good fiber, and that's gonna help fill you up. Yeah. So just it's a shift in thinking from having pasta as dinner to pasta as part Part of of your dinner. dinner. It's really a side item. Right. It It really is. It's It's not it's not the main attraction. It it can't be the whole plate. No, it can't be the whole plate. And you know, one other way that you might can approach it is eating that salad before before even, the meal, even, you know, a couple, right. you know, five or ten minutes before the meal, which is usually what happens in a restaurant, the salad comes out before, right. and that's for a reason. You know, it's to kind of draw out the eating process, mm-hmm. make you slow down and eat, um, and that really has a benefit of of increasing satiety—that fancy word for feeling, feeling full. full longer. Feeling full for longer. And, you know, it takes about 15 or 20 minutes for your brain, once your brain gets the signal that your belly is, is full. Good. That it's stretched. Yeah. Once food is physically in your stomach, your stomach stretches, and that sends the signal to your brain to say, just, I'm good. Stop eating, girl. You're I'm full. Good. You know? And so when we plow through a meal, which, you know, is an occupational hazard for some of us in the healthcare industry, you know, we don't or get... Or those of us that just really like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, you know, yeah. just kind of inhale, inhale it. it in there. And, you know, that's what I tell folks. You, know, you go out to eat. You plow through your meal. The waiter comes and says, hey, you want some dessert? And you're like, yeah. They come before that 15-minute uh-huh. window, don't they? They're like, yeah, I'm good. Upsell. Go ahead and bring me some of that, you know. And they you get it, and you eat it, and it's delicious. And then you get to the car, and you sit you're down. miserable. And you think, the button might pop off my pants. What am I going to do? You know, if you've been married as long as I have, you just unbutton the button on your pants and call it a day. But if that's a first date, you're you're I, you're I struggling mentioned. over there with that. Uh, so, you know, it's important to slow down, important to, to do things that kind of help pre-stretch your stomach almost, making sure you're drinking plenty of water uh, and maybe eat that salad or soup beforehand, something that's going right. to stretch out that stomach. Now, soups can go... Um, I can go go hurry. Yeah. So a healthy soup is going to be what? It's going to be a broth-based versus a cream-based. And it's going to have lots of veggies in it versus um, the starchy type of the veggies. The pastas, the meats, mm-hmm. the so you, potatoes, you want, that right. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So more of a, a, toma- a tomato-based type tomato of soup. A tomato-based. Not a cream-based soup mm-hmm. is going to be a better vegetable for you there. A vegetable-based and a broth, but just things that have the cream in it. We want to try to not have too much of. Not to have too much of that. Maybe a splash, but not too much of that. So it's all about building that healthy plate. And you mentioned non-starchy vegetables. What is the difference between a starchy vegetable and a non-starchy vegetable? A starchy vegetable is going to be one that's predominantly carbohydrate based. So that's going to be your peas, your beans, your potatoes, both white and sweet, corn. Those are going to be your starchy vegetables. And so just about every other vegetable that I didn't name is going to be non-starchy. And they're going to have a lot of color in them. Mm -hmm. So the more color you get, the more more variety of nutrients you get, and they all have different flavors. Yeah. And my general rule when um, people are... Like maybe at a buffet and trying to say which one of these vegetables needs to go on my plate or I need to build a majority of my plate out of. Think about if you can squish it and it's kind of that fluffy, mealy looking texture on the inside. I like think about if you picked up a bean and squished it, it's fluffy on the inside. That's going to be more starchy type mm-hmm. vegetable. If it looks like a potato on the inside. Mm-hmm. And then if it is more of a consistent color all the way through, if you broke it or cut it in half like a green bean, asparagus, something like that, then it's going to be more of your non-starchy Vegetables. And so that's what I want to fill my plate up with more and still have some of those Starchy, starchy ones, absolutely. but in a quarter, quarter of my plate, whereas the majority of my plate's going to be those non-starchy vegetables, which is often not what a vegetable plate looks like here. <laughs> here in the <laughs> South, it's it's usually um, macaroni and cheese, predominantly. Which is starchy. not a vegetable, right. Yeah, it's not a vegetable. It's no. delicious, that it's not a vegetable. No. It should not. Uh, if it if it if you choose it for your vegetable plate, then you don't need bread in addition to that. On that or plate, potatoes or, or potatoes or any of those other starchy. Beans. vegetables. Vegetables you need turnip greens and cabbage and that kind of stuff, which carrots would, and would, broccoli. Yeah, which will be a happy plate for me. I absolutely adore that type of stuff. So it's it's not that it's not the behavior change is difficult. Yes. The science behind it is not that No, it's not it's not been, that been really steady for yeah. you know, fifty plus years. And we just it's almost like it's too easy. You know, right. we're always looking for, well, now, can I have this? I can't have this. I can only have this much of this. And it's really not that complicated. It doesn't have to be that, that, com- to be that it's complicated. It's like that breakfast. It just does not have to be that complicated. If you take that visual image of that half plate vegetables, quarter plate carbs, quarter plate protein, and you can apply it. I could walk to just about any restaurant and make that work. Mm-hmm. And definitely at home when I have more control over what I put on it, right. I can make that work. You can make it work. And we've got a couple of minutes left. So if there's any callers out there who want to grab us, now is the time to do that. Our number is But I did want to get to an email that we had come in that asked about eggs. And this was from Suzanne. And she asked if, nutritionally speaking, if all eggs are created equal. And what I would imagine she is alluding to is the... Awesome marketing strategies of different companies that put all kinds of different claims on the front, like cage free, organic, live in a I don't know, live on a farm and only (laughs) eat certain things. But on the left side of the hill. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, but by and large. Most eggs nutritionally are going to be pretty similar, pretty similar, pretty similar. Um, in there now, you can get some fancy ones that have added omega 3s added to them and that type of stuff, but you but know, that's that's in limited amounts, yeah. too. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not going to be some grand amount of omega, right? Some magic bullet that you should, right? And then, my view on it is you know, eggs can definitely be a part of healthy dietary pattern, but you shouldn't be consuming so many eggs that you're worried about getting your tomato threes from from the eggs. Uh, You know, I usually tell folks really no more than one whole egg a day is pretty much the majority that you you need you know if you're want eggs every day then i say a whole egg and egg whites for the remainder of it because the majority of the fat's going to come out of that yolk there now they're not evil like we used to no. to think right. that they were just going to drive your cholesterol up right. but the majority of foods are not that is not the cholesterol in foods is less uh, it's that, a big i don't deal. really look at that on the label right. i don't look at cholesterol if i'm i do have to watch my cholesterol have me family too. based high cholesterol thanks mom uh, I, yeah, thanks, Dad. Right. <laughs> and I look at that, what you want to look at that to monitor that is saturated fats and trans fats. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that when we consume them make our cholesterol go up. But when we eat dietary cholesterol, it doesn't really affect our body cholesterol too much. Yep. All right. And we had another email that came in and asked, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we'll briefly touch on it again, intermittent fasting. What's your thoughts on intermittent fasting? Um, I think that when you... I think that you do need to fast overnight. Yeah. So don't get up in the middle of the night and munch. Right. Um, I don't think there's any great research that shows any benefits to intermittent fasting during the day. Over, uh, over a regular diet, yourself, right? Over right. We talked about that. There's a, actually an article that's out that says, yeah, intermittent fasting can work, but it doesn't necessarily work any better than just, you know, portion control. If you're trying to restrict rate. calories, then it will help you restrict calories. Mm, right. But I don't think that that necessarily is going to be good for your metabolism or good for your energy level during the day. Right, right. And it just like with ketogenic um, type of things there are certain medical conditions that can be treated that way but right. that's under the direction of a, you know a medical professional who's really working with you one on one there. Yes. So uh, again not that magic bullet because there's just I know. there's just I wish not, I had it. I, know. I would give it for free. But we do have it and we are giving it for free because yes. it's really just good basic build a healthy plate. I mean that really is the magic bullet to it all is just eating food that Looks like food, right? And the right serving sizes of those foods, right. and I mean, it's that's built-in calorie and portion control, and, and to me is a little bit more freeing than I have to. Oh, it's completely. I more have freeing. to eat this, or I have to, my favorite is I have to drink this thing every single day at this certain <laughs> time. Mm-mm. No, the only thing I have to drink every day at You're a certain a rebel. time. you a You wouldn't do that. Is coffee. because <laughs> it is uh, my spirit animal. That is what coffee is. And I have so enjoyed uh, hanging out with you, as I always do, and talking about National Nutrition Month. And thanks to our callers who sent in some great emails and some great calls as well. Um, you've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I would encourage you to tune in every weekday at 11 for the entire Southern Remedy lineup. And Olivia, thank you so much for coming out on this Monday and hanging out with me and helping me answer these questions. It is always a privilege. And happy Registered Dietitian Day. Thank you.
1: This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.